You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And it's Friday, so we have an additional co-host, and that is Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Laura, welcome into Industry. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you today? You packed. I'm great. I mean, it, I, I, the heck with what the weather looks like outside. I I'm know. still a happy guy. We got Alabama and Georgia, and I want to ask you many, many questions. You are going. You getting up early, going to Atlanta? That's true. You, you got to pull them through now, okay? It's all on you, Larley. <laughs> uh, I want to tell you where we are. We're at Innisfree. It's Friday during the football season. Championship game tomorrow at 3 o'clock in Atlanta. And we want to invite you by. The first thing you'll see when you walk in the door at Innisfree Irish Pub is their big placard, their menu. And it's got the uh, lucky meat and three. It's just a lucky lunch. It's just incredible. Larley and I get it every week. Take it home and eat it. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But this is also... So a huge announcement here, too. This is also the beginning of our constant coverage of the SEC championship game. And from now until we wrap it up in the postgame after Atlanta, our shows will be brought to you by Taco Casa. Man, I used to eat there all the time when I was in school here. It's still there. It's still booming. And then Chicken Salad Chick, we appreciate their uh, participation, their sponsorship, and more proof that uh, advertising on Big Noon Sports and Tide 100.9 here in Tuscaloosa is a great idea. Lars Anderson is joining us. Lars, have you had any uh, different thoughts from yesterday, 22 hours ago, concerning Alabama, Georgia? Well, yeah, I've been uh, really just looking at uh, a lot of analytical models. I'm not a big analytics guy, but um, the College Football Power Index, right, which is a, a computer prediction model that uses data points from both teams to simulate games, and they simulate 20,000 games, and that index forecasts Georgia will win 52.1% of the time. Well, Alabama comes out 47.9. Yeah. And so that's interesting because this this particular uh, model, this computer prediction, uh, uh, forecasts a very close game saying that Georgia will defeat Alabama by 0.5 of a point or one if we round up, which isn't enough to cover the line. And so... This particular, again, and and this is one that a lot of people go by, including ESPN, this is saying this is a toss-up game and not uh, not what the line would suggest, which is six. And, uh, um, you know, in making my pick for this game, I'm taking Alabama 24-23 and coming down to... I think uh, I, I think Alabama's defense will stiffen up in the red zone, force Georgia to kick field goals, and then perhaps the best kicker in the country, who missed a field goal last week, Real Riker, I think comes in and hits the game winner, uh, walk off game winner. That's a that, that's my prediction. That's what I'm uh, that's what I'm going with. I think it's going to be very very close. I I know there's so many national pundits saying that Georgia is going to you know, stomp Alabama. I just don't see that happening based specifically on the way that Jalen Milroe is is playing, Matt. If there is going to be a blowout, would you lean more towards Alabama or Georgia? I'd lean toward Georgia, most likely, yeah. if things just got out of control early. I think it's, it's, it's key for Alabama to get off to a, a good start. I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Milroe take uh, – 
a, a deep shot, maybe not on the very first offensive snap, but uh, in that first offensive series. Um, it'll be interesting to see just uh, what the offensive game plan is going to be for this game. And Laura Lee, I'll go to you. How do you think uh, Tommy Reese, Alabama's offensive coordinator, is going to go about to uh, how he is going to attack that Georgia defense? Well, I think that is a question for the ages. Um, I I would like to see some more quarterback designed runs uh, and rely on our wide receivers, which are arguably the most improved uh, on the team from last year. And I think that uh, you're right. It's going to be a close game, a very close game. And I was looking at 27-24. As exciting as the Auburn game was, I hope it doesn't come down to something like that. But we've been there before. (laughs) You know, you know the Alabama Georgia games have been tight every time so to expect it to be a blowout uh is i I just don't think that's gonna happen in all the games that alabama has played and this includes the kickoff classics and the sec championship game alabama has not lost under nick saban in atlanta since 2008 right 15 years that that of course was to florida and yes. the very, very next year, Alabama, I was at that game. Alabama got payback, and it was wonderful. But yes. uh, I am surprised, Lars, but uh, I find it very interesting at the analytics that you brought up. I would have thought it had been like 65-35, but yeah. they're basically saying this is a toss of a quarter. Yeah, Or 50-cent piece, whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I don't know. By far and away... This is the best offense that Georgia has faced this season. And, um, you know, the Bulldogs have given up some points to opponents ranked outside of uh, the top 50 uh, in total offenses this year. And, uh, you know, according to PFF, Pro Football Focus, uh, which I think they do a great job of uh, analyzing both the uh, NFL game and the college game, that Alabama has um, the ninth graded offense in the in the country this year, and it's gone against tougher uh, teams this season. So um, I, I just I feel like Alabama is more prepared uh, and has more experience. And and the thing is, Carson Beck, I think he's a terrific player. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. He has just never played in a game of this magnitude in his career and so you know uh is he going to be prone to perhaps making a mistake or is it milroe and and matt you and i have talked all week i think if if i have to choose one quarterback i want leading my team going into this game i'm going to take Jalen milroe over carson beck i'm uh 
basing my pick in this game on mistakes that uh, these teams have made earlier in the season. And that may give you a little lean. I've leaned earlier, but I'll actually give you a, a football score when we get back. But we are broadcasting live from Innisfree Irish Pub right here on University Boulevard. 25 years and counting. You want to talk about years and counting, our SEC championship sponsor, Taco Casa. Quality since 1974. Of course, it's under the biggest cactus in town. Listen to Marty Lyons, what he says. Fresh, quality food prepared daily. You got your tacos, your burritos, your enchiladas, and some delicious sweet tea. Oh, their beef chalupa and... One of my favorites, I don't know where to get this anywhere else on the planet, it's a taco burger. I love those. Anyway, we're right here at Innisfree Irish Pub. We'll be here until 2 o'clock as we continue our SEC championship coverage right here on Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The Alabama Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Just a few isolated showers around. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain and a few thunderstorms likely, especially during the morning hours. The high, 69. I'm James Band on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Not what you think should happen, but what do you think actually happens in this entire thing, Herbie? Well, let, well let's talk results. Who do we see winning? Is is Michigan going to be able to get by Iowa? Let's just for just for fun. Let's just say they stumble across the finish line and win that one. Okay. okay. Michigan, we know is in. Um, we got a game tomorrow night that I'm on my way over to call Oregon and Washington. I I think the winner of that game again. I think he'll be in. Washington undefeated, but Oregon's only lost is to Washington. If they win that game, I think they're in a pretty good spot. Okay. At least for list for this argument. Georgia wins. They're obviously a lock. They'll be the one seed. Alabama wins, and that's where all hell breaks loose. And I have—I couldn't tell you what I think is going to happen. I have no idea. Um, the Texas result is big because everybody talks about Texas beating Alabama and how that could help them if Alabama were to win. Florida State's the wild card with a backup quarterback. How do they look against Louisville? I mean, this is the first time I can remember we've been doing this. The 10th year we've had a, a four-team playoff. And this is the first time I feel like maybe since 14 that it's going to be really, really uh, chaotic. It's interesting. Um, that was Kirk Herbstreit. And um, all of the pundits, including Laura Lee, Matt, and um, Lawrence Anderson as well, 
we're puzzled as like everybody. We don't. We have no idea really what's going to happen. Um, I was thinking earlier today, Laura Lee, isn't Texas kind of in the same slot Alabama is? As far, I mean, they've got to have a lot of. They got to have some stuff happen to them as for them as well. Yeah, everybody, uh, both of us need Florida State to lose. That's a big one, isn't it? Uh, that's a big one. Uh, as I've said for a while, the committee has this love fest with the pack, whatever well, they are. Yeah, well, now, <laughs> soon to be six, I think. <laughs> two. Yeah. I think they're six. calling it yeah. the pack two going forward. Uh, and one of them's going to get in. Michigan, you know, is likely to win. And yeah, I so. Uh, so I think that it's down to what happens with it, it's hard to say. I would have said the winner of the Alabama Georgia game will win the national championship. But if Alabama wins, we don't even know if they're going to get yeah. in because the committee is red blocked. And Alabama. do we know for certain if Georgia loses, if, if they're going to get in? Lars, the situation that um, Greg Sankey in the Southeastern Conference could end up without a team in the top four, which just seems unimaginable. See, he's speechless. He is speechless, <laughs> and I think it is unimaginable, but it it is a uh, possibility oh, the way they have uh, lined everything up because you have Alabama roadblocked. I mean, that's just what it is, and I, I don't see Texas losing. It's We've, a log jam, and does, maybe one of them will uh, become dislodged tonight in Oregon, Washington. Well, I, well, definitely one of them will be dislodged because if Washington beats Oregon State, they're out with two losses. Which I think is actually, and I've gone back and forth with this on Lars to bring him back in, but I actually think let's let's take all the guesswork out of that. Washington beats Oregon, they're gone. If Oregon beats Washington, do those teams stay ahead of him? Obviously, Oregon will stay ahead of Alabama. It was Washington drop below Alabama. Um, Lars, your thoughts on this, and then go ahead and extend the conversation to what you think is going to happen tonight in Las Vegas. Yeah, um, you know, Washington beat Oregon at home by three earlier this season. So if Washington wins, they're undefeated, clearly in. A lot of people believe that Oregon may be the the biggest threat to Georgia right now. And again, they have that one loss on the road in a very hostile environment. Uh, you could argue that Oregon outplayed Washington in that game. Uh, so if, if Oregon wins even by one, I think that they're going to be in no matter what. I, I don't see... At least I doubt it. I, it depends on what shakes out in, in the Alabama SEC, Alabama Georgia game, right? But it's hard to envision Alabama leapfrogging Oregon. So, uh, and you guys say Michigan is going to be in. Uh, if Texas wins, uh, they're going to be in. And and I I got to say, Laura Lee, I I don't think it's the committee blocking Alabama. Look, Alabama had a chance to take care of business back in September against Texas, and they lost by 10 points at home. You just can't dismiss that. And if Texas beats Oklahoma State and they're heavily favored, uh, then I think Texas is in, and uh, it's going to take a a, um, a Louisville 
victory over Florida State, which interestingly plays, they play after the Alabama game. I don't think Alabama fans will ever be as big a Louisville fans uh, <laughs> if Alabama wins. But I think the path for Georgia is almost impossible if they lose. I mean, you're, you're just going to have upsets galore. I mean, you're, uh, you even need, like, you know, Iowa to uh, somehow pull off a miracle against Michigan. Iowa's just not a very good team. I mean, it, it is a minor miracle that uh, they ended up uh, winning uh, comfortably the, their division in the Big Ten and are playing in this game. But I, I don't see any way, really, that they have a even a puncher's chance. So I think it's all going to come down to Louisville, Florida State. Uh, and, uh, and, and also, I, I think tonight... I think Oregon's going to win, and I think uh, Bo Nix is going to wrap up the Heisman Trophy. Um, and then, I mean, there could be a debate uh, if uh, between Oregon and Alabama uh, if it comes down to that final slot. Uh, but I don't necessarily see Alabama winning that debate with the committee uh, just based on the fact that where Oregon is right now with one loss and where Alabama is with one loss. Now, granted, a victory over Georgia would be more impressive than Oregon getting a victory over Washington. However, um, uh, you know, it, it's just hard. It's hard to see Alabama leapfrogging a team that goes on and, and takes care of business, wins their conference championship. So uh, I think if you're an Alabama fan, though, you definitely want Oregon to win this game tonight so that at least there is a debate to be had potentially among between Oregon and the uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, Matt, do you agree with that, that, no, that, uh, that very I, I lengthy think, assessment I just laid out no, there? No, I, I, I think it's in the best interest of Alabama for Washington to win this, and that way Oregon's not even a thought. Uh, well, then, then, but then, then Washington's, no in, Washington's in automatically. They're undefeated. Yeah, but, you know, there's still three other slots. Oh, I know, but there would be a debate. I'm just saying, if a one-loss Oregon team wins the Pac-12, there could be a debate between a one-loss Oregon team and a one-loss Alabama team. There is no debate between an undefeated Washington team and a one-loss Alabama team. But the advantage is that Alabama goes to seven automatically, and you don't. There is no debate. You know, it, it's your thought, my thought, Laura Lee. What helps Alabama tonight in Las Vegas between Georgia, I'm um, excuse me, between Oregon and Washington? I don't think it matters uh, to the extent that whoever wins the game is in. Uh, I, I think everybody uh, is expecting Oregon to win. I expect them to win. They should have won the first game. They didn't. Uh, however, whoever wins that game, I believe, is in. That's what I had meant about the committee blocking Alabama in the sense that there's too many in front of Alabama, no matter what we've done with LSU, Tennessee, uh, you know, and, of course, winning Auburn. But that aside, it didn't move us up at all. And, yes, you have the head-to-head against Texas, and I'm not dismissing that, but everybody in the country knows that Alabama's a different team now uh, than we were at the in the second game of the year. And uh, 
Alabama fans. I think we have to hope and pray there's a little bit of chaos in front of us for us to get in if we can beat Georgia. And and we all seem to jump over that. (laughs) I mean, we exactly. And I think with Georgia, I mean, that's going to be a difficult battle for both teams. If Oregon wins tonight, Lars, does Washington automatically, if it's a very, very tight game, one-point game, 27-28 Ducks, does Washington automatically drop below Alabama? Yeah, I think so, if Alabama wins. Because we've got to remember that the committee has said repeatedly, ever since the start of the college football playoff era, that they give a lot of weight to winning a conference championship. And Alabama will have that with one loss. Washington will not have that with one loss. So, yeah, absolutely. Washington is, is a non-factor uh, if, uh, if all that goes down. Well, guess what? We'll start tonight. We'll see that. And what a great 24-hour period of football we're going to have. Again, it is our coverage of the SEC Championship Week. Tomorrow's the game. Our coverage right now is from Ennis Free. It's the Friday place to be. Irish Pub. The Lucky Lunch is uh, engaged. They're fried fried green tomatoes or something to come down here and just order a side of that by yourself. Also, another sponsor of our SEC Championship coverage is Chicken Salad Chick. Two locations, McFarland Boulevard, Midtown Village. You can now earn rewards by downloading the Chicken Salad, the Chicken Salad Chick app. You can uh, also call them for all your catering needs. They make everything fresh every day. Great salads, fresh fermented cheese, broccoli, and grape salads. We appreciate their sponsorship as well. When we get back, the one and the only Tim Brando from Fox Sports will join us on Big Noon Sports. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and buy Build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. SEC Sports, like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. And we're back. At Innisfree, the Friday place to be, we were just putting our orders in. Obviously, we're going to start with some fried pickles. Have you had their fried green tomatoes? You might not be a fried green tomato person. I don't know. I don't eat fried green tomatoes, but my husband does. I'm not a big tomato person. It's hard to believe you're from South. Well, I like salsa and spaghetti sauce yeah. and all that, but just plain tomatoes, no. I'll slice them up and eat them. 
Oh, so does my husband. Well, your husband. Tomato There's sandwiches. The reason we got along so well at the UTC game. Yes. <laughs> um, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. But uh, we continue to broadcast from Innisfree. It is the Friday place to be. It's an Irish pub. And I, I bet you our next guest has probably experienced an Irish pub in his life at some time or another. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Welcome to Big Noon Sports. How are you? Oh, you uh, in the consternation of everyday living? Of course, I've been through one. Uh, this Timothy O'Brando with you there. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we're uh, we're having a good time tossing about what could possibly happen if Alabama wins. What happens if Alabama loses? We know they're out, but uh, there's a real logjam here, Tim. And just give us your perspective, as I would think one of the logs is going to be unjammed tonight in Las Vegas. Yeah, but it's one that I think uh, we can automatically pencil in the winner. It's a play-in game, basically, uh, Matt. Uh, there's no way that either Washington or Oregon would be left out uh, if they win. So the winner of this game is going to take one spot. Uh, certainly Michigan, you you know, if they should handle Iowa without any problem tomorrow night. So they're in. Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at a, a situation with, with – <laughs> For, for your for for your audience, you need two things to happen, and both, in my opinion, have got to happen for your beloved tie to get in. You got to have Louisville beat Florida State, and you got to have Oklahoma State beat Texas. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what you do in the SEC championship. Now that that may be a difficult truth uh, for fans and for Coach Saban to deal with, because you know I noticed uh, yesterday in their press conference uh, he was already lobbying. Um, saying pretty much the same thing he did last year. Not not before the game, but after the games were played when TCU got whacked in the championship game. He didn't say it before TCU beat Michigan. But, you know, he, he, he certainly um, uh, implied that they belonged a year ago. And, you know, I get that. Uh, that's part of the job at this time of the year to become a, a lobbyist. But... Um, you know the committee is is in a pickle this year that uh, that really you can't get out of regardless because all of these teams, all eight of them, all top eight teams are worthy of competing for a national championship and should be if we had twelve teams. <laughs> we don't. We have four, and this is the worst case scenario for the committee in the final year of the fourteen playoffs. Tim, uh, give us your breakdown of the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Texas uh, going against Oklahoma State uh, Saturday at uh, at noon Eastern. Uh, preseason, Oklahoma State was picked to finish seventh in the Big 12, <laughs> but yeah. uh, they have uh, they've they've done a, a, a good job, uh, even though <laughs> earlier this year. They were destroyed by South Alabama and UCF by a combined 78 to 10. And now <laughs> the hopes of Alabama rest with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That was pre-OG, pre-Ollie Gordon. They, they, they discovered, you know, what the, the best back in the country, arguably, that no one knows anything about. This kid is tremendous. He'll remind you of Eddie George when you watch him run the football, Lars. He's um, he's incredible. They, they are, in many respects, a one-dimensional team. Uh, they have to get him 
150 to 200 yards in order to compete. Uh, but they've been able to put teams away and actually fight from behind in recent games. They were behind by a pretty hefty margin uh, to BYU and managed to come back and win uh, to get in this position. Uh, that, you know, Mike Gundy is just, you know, he, he may not be considered an elite coach, but you look over the last 20 years, uh, 18, 19 years uh, at Oklahoma State, and I would argue that uh, he has certainly been one of the top 10 coaches in America, without a doubt. Um, the team has gone from like a run-and-shoot look to a, uh, a, a power run team with a great defense when Jim Knowles was there. That was the year Baylor edged them out in the Big 12 title game, or they would have gone uh, to the, the college football playoff that year had they won that game. Uh, the year that, that they lost that Thursday night game against Iowa State, which enabled Alabama to get its rematch against LSU in 2011, that was a great football team. Uh, they've been on the precipice of being a, a college football playoff or BCS championship caliber team for, you know, a long time. About every third or fourth year, they're right there. They completely remade themselves, Lars, after that South Alabama debacle. And, and you know, to, to the credit of South Alabama, they were a good team. I think anybody that follows the Sun Belt knows that along with SMU and Tulane and, and others, Memphis, that's, that's a good conference. It's probably the best of the so-called non-Power 5 leagues. But they, you know, Gundy just went back to the drawing board. They discovered they had this kid and they needed to just change their offensive philosophy and, and attack. And, uh, and and give him the rock and let him run with it. Old school. And they've been very effective. Uh, Texas will have to take, though, a very, very long pause and deep breath, in my mind, to lose this game. Because you have to figure their defensive front is certainly good enough uh, to contain a team that relies so heavily on just the run in order to be effective. Uh, their line of scrimmage is as good as anybody's. Their ability with Sweat and some of those other big guys that stuff the run against Bama, you might recall, uh, they should be able to handle Oklahoma State. I don't think there's much of a chance for the Cowboys to win this game. Now, I do think that uh, when Oklahoma State goes into the Big 12 next year, along with the incoming teams like Arizona and Arizona State, uh, particularly out of the Pac-12, they're going to be in the upper tier of that conference for a while, along with Kansas State, um, and TCU, who we know will improve, uh, they lost a lot from last year's team. So, you know, the Big 12 is is not certainly on par with either the SEC or the Big 10. But the, the additions that they've made, that league is going to be solvent and it's going to be very exciting because it's so balanced uh, and will be for both the short and the long term. So let's look at the other game. Uh, what happened last weekend with Kentucky beating Louisville was a bit of a shock. And how yeah. do you see uh, Louisville bouncing back and taking care of Florida State? Well, there's a chance, okay, that Jeff Brom, because he's a heck of a coach and he is a guy that I think uh, losing that way in a game of that importance, could not have sat well with him. I'm sure uh, he had a he put his guys through it. I mean, they are in a position to 
to play as a one-loss team, and they blew it against uh, a mediocre uh, SEC team. And that's one that will hover over Jeff and, and that program and probably stimulate them against Florida State. Uh, if you're looking for an upset alert uh, this weekend in the championship games, to me, that's the game. That's the that's the one that could go uh, to the to the uh, the team that no one expects going in to win. Florida State uh, has got a lot of pressure on them without their quarterback. They skated by against Florida. I don't think they were terribly impressive offensively in the game, but they got away with the W. Uh, if they win, they're in. You're not going to keep a 13-0 Power 5 team that's a champion of a conference out. Uh, but if they were to lose, then I think that opens the door, uh, presumably for Texas, first. Um, Alabama would be a secondary choice, uh, provided Texas loses. Uh, the problem that you've got there uh, in your home state and right there in Tuscaloosa, uh, people and people on that committee are not going to suddenly unsee what happened the second week of the season and the head-to-head is is just problematic uh, for the time. Uh, I, I sincerely believe there is a great chance that Louisville could upset Florida State. Yeah, and I think there's uh, some reports coming out of the Tallahassee area that uh, the backup quarterback is uh, maybe questionable due, due to concussion protocol. So that mm, could have a lot yeah. to do with the outcome of that, too. But uh, I agree. Of all of them, I think Louisville has the best chance to pull the upset. Tim. Yeah, they're, uh, better, bar- they're better, Matt. They're better, Matt, than they played against Kentucky. No you know, question. They, they are a better football team than the one that lost to Kentucky last week in a right. rivalry game. I just go back to earlier in the year how good they looked against Notre Dame. So I, th- yeah, I think all yeah. of that needs to be uh, be considered. But we buried the lead, Tim. We didn't ask you about fourth and thirty-one. Where were you? Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you think? Well, I was in the press box at Kansas State, uh, getting ready for the snow globe game that we had on Saturday. You know, we had about six feet of snow in Manhattan, Kansas, after we drove up from. Uh, Oklahoma, where we had done the Sooners and, and TCU on Black Friday. And I, I, as we were watching the game, we were having a bite to eat there in the press box uh, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And, um, you know, after the snap got past Milrow and they went back to the 31-yard line, I was thinking, because I know Ron Roberts, uh, the defensive coordinator, I thought up until that point uh, they had really done a nice job of of managing Milrose run game because that's where he can really kill you. And and suddenly, because of the circumstances and the ball being where it was, they went into a drop eight, rush three mode. And I thought to myself after watching the play before, when uh, you might recall when Jalen, uh, before the bad snap, he, he almost scrambled to a first down on a long play and then got hammered about a yard shy, and then they had the, the, the bad snap and lost all that yardage. You know, I thought to myself, gosh, they, they, they're, they're giving him way too much time. I mean, there's no pressure here at all. And it looked like it was the right thing to do. But you have got to make sure that you keep everybody in front of you. And, and the corner just didn't. I mean, he had a, he had a bad setup uh, in terms of his technique. And he allowed uh, the receiver to, to get behind him and have the corner, and um, and that was just a hell of a play. The 
The throw could not have been better. Now, that might nope. have been Jalen Milrose's best single pass that he's ever thrown as a collegiate. But, but the, and also as a hell of a receiver, uh, a hell of a reception to make, too. So, you know, it was earned. It was a prayer. But, but, but you know what? You do practice those. I, I understand exactly where Coach Saban was coming from. If you've ever gone to practices the day before a game, and I've gone to many, you see teams practice that kind of scenario over and over again. And so uh, it was a magical moment in the history of the Iron Bowl, one that they'll be talking about forever, just like uh, the, the prayer at Jordan-Hare against Georgia and the kick six. Um, you know, it's just an epic finish to a, a, a rivalry game that we'll never forget. Great explanation, Tim. Thank you. Can you hang on through a break and maybe stay for a We haven't addressed the big game tomorrow in Atlanta. Can you talk about that in a moment? Sure. Happy, happy okay. Uh, he's very generous with his time. Fox Sports' Tim Brando is with us on Big Noon Sports. By the way, we're live at Ennis Free, and folks are now starting to stream through the front door, looking at the menu and ordering their lucky lunch, which is uh, an unbelievable meat and three for only $9.99. You don't hear that. So come by and see us as we broadcast live from Ennis Free until 2 o'clock this afternoon. SEC Championship Game coverage is being brought to you also by Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chicken. Inside the locker room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Monday. We will have Max Howell at 730. We will discuss the SEC championship and we'll find out where Alabama will be playing their next game. Inside the locker room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Just a few isolated showers around. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain and a few thunderstorms likely, especially during the morning hours. The high, 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Uh, it's not Christmas without a little Brenda Lee, right, Tim? <laughs> I remember playing this song till the grooves wore off. But anyway, we're live at Innisfree, the Irish pub here in Tuscaloosa, right here on University. Um, Tim. None of this talk about playoff log jams and all matters a bit if Alabama doesn't beat Georgia. We need Brando's thoughts on tomorrow afternoon's game in Atlanta. 
Well, I, I tell you, the, if, if, if Milrow can just continue his improvement uh, and play, it seems like every time I watch him, he's getting a little better. I, I, I don't, I still don't believe he's an exceptional passer, but he is becoming uh, an exceptional competitor. And, and, and by that, I mean abilities to make plays when you have to make plays. And, and that, that takes a lot of, uh, of, of presence. It takes a lot of uh, leadership skill. And you got to be a gamer, a gutty guy. You know, I, I, I see, I'm going to use a comparison probably no one in Alabama's thought of this year. Uh, and that is last season there was this kid that was a backup quarterback that was thrust into the starting position after uh, Chad Morris's kid got hurt, Max Duggan. And he willed his team into the college football playoff. Uh, and he was the difference at TCU. People say, well, you know, that, that, that was an aberration. That shouldn't have happened. Well, when you've got a quarterback that is that tough a competitor and he's playing the mission-critical position and he keeps making plays, either with his legs or with his arm, it's amazing how that can take over a team. And for all the, the bad, uh, uh, the remnants of the bad loss to Georgia in the title game, that was no fluke when they beat Michigan. They had to earn their way there. You know, they beat a Michigan team that was a prohibitive favorite and had more talent than they did. How'd they do it? Uh, Max Duggan made plays. Uh, that's how you do it when you've got an exceptional quarterback that may not be the best at his position, may not be a guy that the scouts will say, oh, he's a can't-miss first-round pick. But he has got the heart of a champion, and he will get the most out of his players, and everybody on the team is going to play harder for him. And, I, and I'm, I'm seeing that with, with Milrow. So that's where you have to, to I think, rest your, your thoughts and your process if you want to pull off the upset. Uh, Carson Beck, meanwhile... Uh, very quietly is becoming a prototypical, you know, outstanding quarterback. Okay. His accuracy is better than Milrose. Now that they've got their receivers back, I think Georgia's receivers are better than Alabama's. Um, you know, if Bowers is healthy and it looks like, you know, after a week off last week that he should be, that's a problem. He's an X factor, a Trump card player, if you will, uh, in the game which I think gives Georgia uh, an egg. And then, you know, up front, uh, they they would have, in my opinion, the better uh, line of scrimmage than Alabama would have. And it's very rare when you'd make that comment, but I think in this case it applies. I was not bullish on Georgia early in the year. I wasn't. They Their receivers were hurt. Um, that seemed, um, uh, he seemed like he just could not uh, get traction. And maybe that was because McConkey and uh, many of the other receivers were hurt. Uh, and then once he got them, uh, he lost Bowers for five weeks. Now Bowers is back, and those guys are healthy. So I think that you're going to get the best possible Georgia team on the opposite side of you, Alabama, and you're going to have to go out and earn it, and, and it'll be tough. But the thing that intrigues me the most about the game is um, not necessarily the matchup as much as the history. You know, when you think about Nick Saban's career, uh, he had a chance at a three-peat, didn't get it. Kirby has a shot at history, and in getting that history, he would have to do something that he's not yet done, 
and that is beat Nick Saban in an SEC title game. He's beaten Saban, but not in Atlanta and not for an SEC championship. Um, a lot of people, you know, outside your footprint are talking about, you know, passing of the baton of the greatest. I, I don't buy into that. I think that's, that's, that's just hot garbage embrace debate talk. Um, Nick Saban is not passing any batons. He's still, uh, in my opinion, uh, in his prime as a head football coach. I would take him on the sideline in any big game over any other coach in America. But uh, at the, but 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 when you look at Kirby at age 47, uh, if he gets a third title in succession, the chances of him eclipsing some of the all-time greats on Mount Rushmore is certainly there. And that is a worthy discussion moving forward. Um, Nick has a chance to, to get another uh, national title with it, with a little bit of help and or maybe a lot of help. I, I kind of think it's going to take more help than maybe some of uh, Alabama fans believe. But if he could get an eighth, his seventh at Alabama, his eighth overall, you know, that's history too. So there's just so much out there regarding, you know, the, the, the currency of college football, I've always said, is history and tradition first. And the history of the game uh, was forever changed when Nick came to Alabama. It could also be forever changed when Kirby went to Georgia away from Alabama. And I think it's that intrigue that drives so much interest in the game tomorrow. Tim Brennan, our guest, I'm going to pause for just a minute. Some breaking news here. Alabama men's basketball head coach Nate Oates announced just a while ago that Nick Pringle has been suspended indefinitely for conduct detrimental to the team. His quote, nothing serious off the court or anything, just in-house, just a standard we want our guys to uphold. Lars? Yeah, um, Tim, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Mount Rushmore because uh, mm-hmm. the, the history lesson or the geography lesson we got uh, this week <laughs> from Deion Sanders. Tim, I, I just got to ask you really quick. If you were about ready to send your kid to play at Colorado and the head coach of Colorado thinks that Mount Rushmore is located in Los Angeles, would that give you pause? <laughs> Great question. Oh, you know, Dion's been. Uh, I, I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give him a mulligan because I was with him a few weeks ago, before his team played, and he was sick. And I just think he's. He was. He was tired when I saw him, and he must have been. I don't know. Even more tired when he made, when he made that statement. I think he had the Hollywood sign yeah. in his mind as opposed to the five guys in South Dakota. Oh my God! That then, yeah, that would. That would give me pause, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and from the, my, my parents grew up in South Dakota. I yeah. spent a lot of my youth in South Dakota going to Mount right. Rushmore, and then he didn't even know where South Dakota was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And now, if things couldn't get any worse for my beloved old magazine, Sports Illustrated, with the AI yeah. thing, they, they yeah. make Deion Sanders a sportsman of the year. Yeah, I, I, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can move on. Let's move on. I can, uh, see, okay. I can see, I can see some votes for uh, Coach of the Year being, being up there. I can see that from zero wins to four, but I, 
but unfortunately, year I'm not so sure. I'm with you there, pal. I okay, am. so <laughs> this is the committee's nightmare scenario, right? That um, that that Michigan, Florida State win, the winner of the Pac-12 gets in, and then Alabama narrowly beats Georgia. So then you got 12 and one Georgia, 12 and one Texas, 12 and one Alabama for the final slot. Is it possible that Georgia, even if they lose, could still get in over Alabama? Well, that, well we got a minute here, Tim. Did you did you not have that was that, that other one loss team was which team, Lars? Texas. Which Texas? Texas is in. Texas is in. Georgia I, Alabama is the playoff game. You you know I mean and, yeah. and the sad part is Georgia gets in by winning it. Alabama because of the head to head with Texas is out. It's crazy to think because Georgia and Alabama have won eight of the last 14 national championships, including the last three, and then you'd have them out. It's it's unfortunate that it's there. We needed to go to 12 and 16. We'll go 16 in two years, but we should have gone to it this year. Never was it more understandable that we need to do it than after this regular season. Great stuff as always, Tim. I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk again. But uh, happiest of holidays to you right now. Same to you, fellas. All the best. Thank you, Timmy. Enjoy Madison, Wisconsin. You got I it. When, I will. I knew when you mentioned Mount Rushmore. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh, and even knowing it. it didn't stop, it was still funny. <laughs> All right, we are at uh, Innisfree, the Irish pub, right here on University. Come on by and have their meet and free, their lucky lunch. Have a cold beer, whatever you desire. As our SEC championship game coverage continues, sponsored by Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chick. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Monsi Bolaños. Round two at the Hero World Challenge continues, and Tiger Woods is currently four under par through 12 holes, but he is one under for the tournament. At the top of the leaderboard is Matt Fitzpatrick, who is seven under par overall. And in the NFL, Bucks head coach Todd Bowles says wide receiver Chris Godwin will be a game time decision for week 13 against the Panthers due to a neck injury. The Panthers have rolled out tight end Hayden Hurst due to a concussion for that matchup. Jets running back Dalvin Cook, who has a shoulder injury, should be fine for Sunday's game against the Falcons, according to head coach Robert Sala. And Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel tells reporters that running back Devon Achan will return to play this week against the Commanders. 22-time Grand Slam champion Rafael Nadal announced on social media that after a year of not competing, it's time to come back. He will return to action at the Brisbane International in Australia in January. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. You know this is Big Noon Sports. Comet and Cupid and Donner and but do you recall? These songs take you back when you were a little kid, decorating a tree and the record players on and all your family's there. It just warms my heart, Laura Lee. Yes, it's, it's an amazing time. It's always very special. And you know what also is amazing is that Alabama's still playing football when we get to Christmas. And then afterwards, well, I say usually, it's the standard. But anyway, welcome back into Big Noon Sports. It's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Lars Anderson is with us. Terry Henley will be joining us in just a second. But uh, just to remind you that we are at NS Free and their lucky lunch. They're meeting three for only nine. $9.99 is available. Lauren Lee, I, we have our little tickets. We'll fill them out here in a minute. But, uh, absolutely fabulous meet and three. Of course, they got great beer. And if you've been in Tuscaloosa a long time, 25 years, you know how popular this pub is. So come by and see us as we continue our SEC championship game and our coverage through tomorrow after the game or the post-game show. Also want to mention our sponsors there, Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chick. So there we stand on our sponsor. And moving forward, we did not get a chance to get Laura Lee involved too much with all of the talk with Tim Brando. Do you have any thoughts post-interview? Well, I more or less agree with what he has to say. Um, You know, I think it also comes down to, and of course, Kirby Smart's been very cagey about the health of the players that sat out last week, uh, specifically Brock Bowers and uh, Lad McConkey, and that, I think both of those players are going to be very, very tough for Alabama. I feel like they'll play, but they haven't come out and said so. I think everybody is in the position that this is yet another clash of the titans. Yeah, Lars I Anderson agree. is joining us too. Lars. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with. Uh, unfortunately, with everything Tim said, um, if, if you just do a, a clear-eyed analysis of everything, you really, for, if you're Alabama, and you don't want to put the cart before the horse here because Alabama's got to win tomorrow, of course, and we're going to spend more time on that here in a second. But um, need Oklahoma State to pull off the upset 
and you need Louisville to beat Florida State, which I think uh, definitely can can happen here. Um, and I know now, Matt, our, our next guest is uh, up and ready to go. That's the one and only Terry Henley, and uh, he joins us frequently to talk college football. Of course, he is an Auburn guy, um, all SEC. He was the uh, offensive SEC player of the year, a member of the uh, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Terry Henley joins us. Terry, you all right? I'm doing well, my friend. How are y'all doing? Good. We're all very, very blessed. Um, we, I really want to get your thoughts on Alabama-Georgia since you've seen them both play. But um, I, I, I've got to ask you, Terry, where were you? What were you doing? What happened on 4th and 31 in Terry Henley's life? Well, you know, uh, the game is 60 minutes. And that's when the game is – when the thing is double zero, I know that the game is over. So, you know, you're hoping – you know, on, on Hail Marys and things like that at the last, you never know how it's going to happen. And, and uh, you listen, the, the first thing, it, it, they didn't need to be in that situation. If the young man had caught the punt, you know what I mean, the game's over. Okay. And, it, you know, and when you put somebody back there, you put him back there for a reason. The, the reason is to catch the punt catch the punt not necessarily run with it just catch it you know and uh and i i think if they had it to go over again they wouldn't have even put anybody back there there was no need to even put anyone back there you know not really so um that's my two cents on that and uh i'm not questioning the coaches they they're very smart they had a great game plan they played their hearts out and um you know, great players make great plays at great times, and that's what they did. I was really impressed with Auburn's effort level. Uh, you you were you're spot on. The kids played with toughness, grit, heart, and uh, I think that's a reflects well on Hugh Freeze. And I think Auburn has clearly nothing to to hang their heads about uh, in that game. Now, I, I do want to go back, uh, Terry, to Georgia-Auburn, uh, September 30th. Auburn jumps out to a 10-0 lead in the first quarter, 10-10 at halftime. Georgia ends up winning 27-20. In that game, what did you see as sort of a, as a vulnerability or vulnerabilities of the Georgia team? Well, I think they, I think first of all, Georgia took Auburn lightly. I think they took them too lightly, and uh, and then Auburn made some great plays. I mean, the interception, the interception that the young man made uh, across the middle there, fighting for the ball, the receiver fighting for the ball, both of them, and Auburn got the ball early, and you know, I mean, got the ball away on the interception. So I thought that was a great play to, you know, what I mean to start the game. Then on top of that. It's just like, you know, if you don't have penalties, and Auburn didn't have a one five-yard penalty in the Georgia game, and I and didn't have, a, what, two Saturday, I think, uh, against Alabama. So if you don't get behind the chains, you got uh, like a team with Auburn who's fighting their, for their life, and you get a chance to win the ball game. Uh, listen, guys, the difference in the game of Auburn and Georgia was that number at stallion number nineteen? I mean, he he took control midway through the fourth quarter, and that's all you got to say. 
I mean, he he basically whooped Auburn one-handed by himself. I mean, the catches he made one-handed, you know what I mean, was just sensational. He's, he's an outstanding, outstanding football player. It's going to make a difference come Saturday also against uh, Alabama. So other than the Brock Bowers factor for Georgia, what do you think are the factors in the game that Alabama needs to control to come out with a W? I think they need to be able to rush the quarterback. You know, I think uh, what they, he's only had, what, five sacks all year, the Georgia quarterback. Uh, now, listen, Georgia's been playing in a league that, like with uh, Rick Flair. You know what I mean? Alabama's been playing over here in the league with Muhammad Ali. Okay. So there's a difference. I don't care what you say. The teams that Georgia played are not to the quality of teams that that Alabama over here in the West had played. I don't care. I'll argue with anybody about that. You know, now Alabama has had their quarterback has been sacked numerous times, numerous times. Alabama's got to stop, you know, Georgia from sacking their quarterback. And they got Alabama's got to find a way to sack Georgia's quarterback. Terry, I want to go back and just talk specifically about Auburn and your opinion. What uh, What's the, the score you give Hugh Freeze his first year? Well, I give him a B plus. I give him a B plus or an A minus. I, I think him putting together a team, I mean, he's only got one player left from Gus Malzahn's last signing class. Uh, I mean, he's had to piece together a football team, and I think he did a pretty good job in doing it. Some of those players, like Peyton Thorne, didn't come in to uh, into Auburn, what, late spring, you know, early summer, and 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 here they were starting, you know, and, and after just a few weeks of practice. It, 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 it's hard to understand Auburn, and, and it's hard to understand the playbook when you've got that short of time to start playing. Do you think uh, Hugh Freeze goes back into the transfer portal for a quarterback? Well, I think he's going to have to have one at least for another year or two until he signs the one he wants in this signing class. I mean, I, I, I don't think he really wants to start a freshman next year, so I think he's going to do his best to bridge one, a good one, to uh, – I mean, I, I do not believe that either either of those two and maybe three quarterbacks will be there next year. Uh, I do not, you know. So do you feel with um, Hugh Freeze, how do you feel with him so far in recruiting, uh, not transfer portal, but for signing day in December? Well, we're going to see here in a few days, I think, aren't we? I mean, because, yeah. you know, you read you read this, this guy's a visit, and this guy visit, and he likes Auburn, and you see him in his jersey, and you see all that. And then, uh, you know, it's the old saying, uh, uh, bull walks, and, and, you know, money talks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You phrase that very well. I, I, le- I, left out, I left out part of I left out part of the word. You know. <laughs> Trust me. Um. <laughs> you know this is this is a this is a PG and a 
station, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. We we try and, and do that as well. Okay. Terry, can you hang All through? Right. Can you hang through a break for us? Are you busy making money? No, no, no. Y'all go right ahead. <laughs> All right, Terry's going to hang on. I think that's what that meant. Anyway, you never know what you get when you get Terry Henley. Uh, you know what you're going to get when you get meeting three here at Ennis Free. We appreciate their support all football season long, but we are here once again getting ready for tomorrow's 3 o'clock kickoff between Georgia and Atlanta. And the SEC championship game coverage is also being brought to you by Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chick. We will continue Big Noon Sports with Terry Henley and the gang in a moment. Jerome Jackson returns to Tuscaloosa for an Elvis Christmas show. With a full live band. Friday, December 15th. Druid City Music Hall. $25 for general admission. Tickets at druidcitymusichall.com. With a limited number of special VIP seats. Hang your stockings and say Elvis tribute artist Jerome Jackson and his Elvis tribute band. Bring the entire family to the Christmas concert of the season. Well, I wanna kiss you, baby. Friday, December 15th at Druid City Music Hall. Presented by Town Square Media. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. In the midst. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Just a few isolated showers around. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain and a few thunderstorms likely, especially during the morning hours. The high, 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, down Santa Claus Lane. Way to go, D.C. You really got me in the spirit here. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We got uh, Terry Henley as our guest. 
Bar Bleeders with us, Lars Anderson, myself, Matt Coulter. Our SEC championship game coverage is brought to you by Chicken Salad Chick. A couple locations right here in Tuscaloosa, Midtown Village, McFarland Boulevard, Northport. You can earn rewards by downloading the Chicken Salad Chick app, catering all your holiday needs as well. They'll take care of you. Chicken Salad Chick made fresh and delicious every day. They've got all types of chicken salad. Obviously, that's in their name. But they also have fresh pimento cheese and many varieties of salads as well, like broccoli and grape. Terry Henley is with us, and and he, oh, I gotta, I gotta ask you about Bo Nix and you know his daddy. Uh, well, we all know his family. Lars does too, and then and then Bo couldn't be happier for the young man, but. Through your Auburn eyes, how's that look to you? Well, I'm, listen, I'm I'm proud for the young man. I'm proud for the young man. The only reason Bo Nix is not at Auburn is because of horses. You know what I mean? That's the that's who uh, Auburn people should be uh, PO'd at. You know, is uh, is this idiot that we hired because uh, AD had been in the hot tub with him? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, uh, he's the one that uh, basically told him he might, uh, he might, uh, he probably wasn't going to be the starter, and uh, might ought to be looking for some place to go, and that's that's what happened. I mean, uh, yeah, and, uh, and I, listen, I'm proud of him. I mean, he he's went out to out there. He's uh, he's uh, improved on his skills. He he's an excellent. Uh, passer man, his accuracy is just spot on in some of the passes I've seen him throw, and so I'm I'm, I'm happy for the young man. I'm very happy, and I, uh, it looks like uh, with uh, everything going the way it's going, that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. At least that's what it, my take on it. Terry, uh, the last time you mentioned Hot Tub, uh, it spawned a uh, discussion between Matt and I about poor decisions made in hot tubs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, not between uh, Lars and I, okay? Yeah, <laughs> right. No, no. Okay, I want to make that <laughs> right. really clear. <laughs> but, um, Terry, I want to ask you a personal question here. Uh, because I was thinking about you uh, toward the end of the Iron Bowl before 4th and 31 because Tumor's Corner was about to be rolled. And giving just some uh, history to our younger listeners, it was Terry back in 1972 when you were talking to an Auburn student radio station. Alabama is ranked number two in the country, and uh, you were asked sort of uh, about the upcoming game, and you said, we're going to beat the number two out of them. And so what happens after the game? Tumor's Corner, which used to be a place before the comment was made where just, you know, students and fans would gather to celebrate. Now it gets uh, draped in toilet paper. Okay, one. And I know you've been very uh, humble in saying that, hey, it wasn't me who, who started this tradition, but I, I beg to differ. One, wh- what is it like for you just to sort of stand back and see that, knowing that uh, you were a part of creating it? And two, has, has Charmin ever contacted you about <laughs> free toilet paper for life? What about an NIL deal on that, Terry? <laughs> yeah. 
Terry Henley is our guest, and let's just uh, continue this path uh, through Terry Henley's history. I just got a text message from the president of the city council here in Tuscaloosa, a guy we all know, <laughs> Kip Tyner. And he said, ask Terry Henley about the famed Moonwink sign. Terry, what happened to it? Well, listen, uh, I have the Moonwink sign. I have the Moonwink sign. Uh, I, I'm a collector of those signs. Uh, um, it is. Uh, it has changed hands now. Uh, it was too large to go in my collection that I had. Uh, I was going to preserve that sign. I'm a big, big Alabama fan, owns the sign now. Uh, he has a larger collection than I do, and uh, it will be preserved uh, in Alabama history forever. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the short of that. Terry, I've seen your collection. I can't imagine yeah. one larger. Your collection well, is unbelievable. They're, they're, well, I appreciate it. you're very kind, but yeah, there's a, there's some larger than mine. I, I can I can contest that they, they really are. But uh, it's a beautiful sign. It's got a lot of history. Uh, I, I wanted to preserve it. I didn't want it to be bulldozed down, and uh, and uh, I ended up with it. And but it was just a little bit too large. I was going to have to enlarge the building and everything. It was going to change the whole concept of of my building, and I didn't want to do that. And this Alabama friend had room for it, and he had he had tried to he had tried to obtain the sign before me and didn't acquire it. And uh, so it, I was quick to call him when I when it wouldn't fit mine. He put it in his. Terry, let's circle back to the game in Atlanta tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you've seen with your own eyes in person both Georgia and Alabama play. How do you see this game shaking out? I think it'll be a very close game. I, I think Alabama's going to have to find some way to to uh, to rush the uh, Georgia quarterback. I mean, you know, he's not a real runner, you know, but uh, then again, uh he can pass that ball, and he's got a few people to catch it that can run with it out there, too. And they've got a pretty doggone good running game, I think, you know. And uh, But I think Alabama is going have to have to run some, some more and uh, on them and find a way to get yardage that way. And Because uh, I think in the passing game, I think Georgia is going to you know, sack mill road, you know, because I mean, most of the other teams have. Terry, you never know what yeah. you're going to get when you get Terry Hanley on the radio. <laughs> well, I mean, they're listening. it's going to be a very close game. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a real a close ball game. I mean, and then the end, let's see who makes the fewest penalties and who makes the fewest mistakes. Yeah. My thoughts exactly. Terry, wonderful, yes. wonderful visit. We appreciate it, and we'll see you down, down the road between now and Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you all so much, and uh, thank you for having me on, and War Eagle to everyone, and y'all enjoy the game tomorrow, and I'm going to do the same. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. All right. Thank you, SEC guys. Champ-
You bet. SEC Championship Game coverage being brought to you by Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chick. Taco Casa has been around since 74. It's like the year before I came down here. Uh, and you know it. It's under the big t- biggest cactus in town. Quality food is prepared daily. Tacos, burritos, enchiladas, sweet tea. Uh, you also got those taco burgers that I became fond of way many years ago. We'll continue with more. We are at Ennis Free. Lunch is on. Come on. Alabama, Georgia. 10, 5, touchdown, Alabama. It's the SEC Championship live from Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get out of here again. Alabama wins it. Cheer on the Tide this Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on the Bulldogs. Our coverage starts at noon from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. On your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Famed Elvis tribute artist Jerome Jackson returns to Tuscaloosa for an Elvis Christmas show. With a full live band. Friday, December 15th. Druid City Music Hall. $25 for general admission. Tickets at druidcitymusichall.com. With a limited number of special VIP seats. Elvis tribute artist Jerome Jackson. Elvis Tribute Band. Bring the entire family to the Christmas concert of the season. Friday, December 15th at Druid City Music Hall. Presented by Town Square Media. Chicken salad. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest. We're live in Atlanta as we get you ready for the SEC Championship game, all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230 WTBC, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Just a few isolated showers around. The high today, 66. The low tonight, 61. Tomorrow, rain and a few thunderstorms likely, especially during the morning hours. The high, 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Big name sports. Jose Feliciano. He used to wear the grooves out of that one back in my days as a disc jockey. Good stuff. Thank you, DC, for uh, bringing us a special music coming in and out of our breaks. Laura Lee and Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Big Noon Sports. We are live at Innisfree. It's the Friday place to be. They can uh, still get your meat and three order for their lucky lunch. So drop by and enjoy that or a cold beer or start your happy hour early. You know where it's been for 25 years. It's Innisfree right here on University Boulevard. And our SEC Championship game coverage being brought to you by Taco Casa and Chicken Salad Chick. Matt, All I right, story that we were you. able... Uh, Fire away. Okay. It, it, and it's uh, both for you and Laura Lee. And uh, I, I want to know just, does this say more about the magazine that I spent 20 years of the prime of my working career at? Or does it say more about our culture? All right. So coaches who have won Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. John Wooden, 1972. John Wooden, Paragon of Character. Don Shula, 1993, Paragon of Character. Dean Smith, 1997, Paragon of Character. Mike Krzyzewski, 2011, Paragon of Character. Shared it that year with Pat Summit, 2011, Paragon of Character. 2023, Dion Sanders. Does that say more about well, Sports Illustrated? Does they say more about just where we are as a, as a sports culture? Can we say both? Laura? Yeah, I would go yeah. with both. Um, I, I think if I were to give weight to one as opposed to the other, I think it's just your former uh, publisher. Yeah, I do too. Sports Illustrated. And, and, just, and the fact that they just got busted with using artificial yeah. intelligence to uh, create stories out of thin air. Uh, it, it is uh, just disgusting. For, uh, in, in, I'm not alone in saying that about what has happened to Sports Illustrated, which used to be the gold standard, you know, for so many years. I, I when I grew up, uh, I just I loved Thursdays. I'd get home from school, Me too. and I would be the I would just run to the mailbox and I would devour every single word. And that was the uh, of the magazine, and that was the first time that I was really exposed to long form narrative nonfiction writing and it never in a million years that I think I'd ever write for Sports Illustrated you know at the time but that's what really it changed the whole trajectory of my life read that those Thursday after schools going to the mailbox and uh and I know Matt you you kind of had a similar experience with I did too as a kid. I did too it was uh it was one of the best Christmas presents I've ever gotten, and I don't think I was but about seven or eight years old when my parents gave me a yearly subscription to Sports Illustrated. And you're right. I would fly to the mailbox when I got home from school 
And, you know, it was called Sports Illustrated for a reason back then. Mm-hmm. You remember the pictures? I, they may still do this. I hadn't picked one up in years. But the photographs that they had in the first three or four pages, I would stare at those for like five minutes each before I even got to scorecard. So in the articles and the writers, yourself included, although I didn't read you as a child, but it, ju- it was just a marvelous publication, and it's just not even a facsimile of what it used to be. Sad. No, it is sad. Neither is the national media when I get to that well, matter. So it's that's not something that's just happening <laughs> in Sports Illustrated. We can't okay. touch the, the media, and this may surprise y'all or not, but I also, too, had a subscription and got Doesn't it for Christmas. does surprise me a bit, Laura Lee. So, no, I mean, no. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I was the reader, and uh, I did the same thing. It was always a highlight of my week to be able to read that. And, of course, back then when we didn't have computers and things like that, that's where you got your information other than the newspaper or the news. Yeah, yep. and, and all those writers like uh, uh, Dan Jenkins and, and so, uh, Frank DeFord, they put – the games in a story, right? It, it was a real story. Uh, it had a middle oh, beginning and an end. It wasn't just who won and who lost. You got you got greater depth on the uh, the players and the coaches, and there was just so much that went into it. But um, I, I could go on for a long time about this. I do want to mention just getting back to uh, Georgia and Alabama playing tomorrow, and uh, our, our our friend Nick. Kelly, who does such a great job of covering Alabama for the Tuscaloosa News, he he put this out there on his social media that uh, Georgia quarterback Carson Beck has been sacked only eight times this season, and when he hasn't been pressured, he's completed 75% of his passes for uh, 3,189 yards and 17 touchdowns. In those rare times when he has been pressured, I mean, and this isn't a real shocker, his completion percentage has dropped to 51.2% for 314 yards and five touchdowns. So when you just look at that, the fact that, you know, he has had all day to throw virtually all season, I, you, you automatically think about, hey, this is Dallas Turner. This is Chris Braswell time, right, for the SEC championship game. And luckily for Alabama, those are two of their best players on their entire team, Matt. Well, um, but here's the issue I find with that. If, if Alabama is going to put pressure on Beck, I don't think, and I've seen them all year long, Alabama doesn't normally get a lot of pressure with a four-man rush. So in order to get the kind of pressure you need to produce the 51% completion rate static statistic, then you probably have to send an edge. And therefore, what's that going to do with number 19? Brock Bowers. Um, he's going to weave and dash and cut through your secondary. Caleb so Downs. Don't you think Caleb Downs? And I, I want to ask Laura Lee this, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but both of you. Who do, who do you think matches up? I'll start with you, Matt, with, with Bowers, because you, you're exactly right. If, if you're going to put pressure, that is going to create one-on-one opportunity probably for Bowers. But who, who do you match up with Bowers? He's a true freshman, and that's what it says on the roster. 
on the football field, he is not a true freshman. But I would lean with Downs, but I think you could uh, Kool-Aid is a lockdown guy. Uh, I think maybe you could put Kool-Aid. Laura Lee, you know that secondary. Lars and I were talking about earlier. We, every one of those guys, not necessarily this year, will be first-round picks in the NFL. But if you were going to put one guy man-on-man, Brock Bowers, who would it be? Well, first of all, uh, I hope Kevin Steele dials it up because during the Auburn game, I wasn't sure if Pete Golden was down there or if it was Boy, Kevin. Pete Golden takes a butt whipping every day, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he? he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had to question, but in answer to your question, yes, Caleb Downs, who was, of course, just named to as a finalist for the Sean Alexander Award for the top freshman. Well, He's, he's one of five, he's I believe. deserving of about any award you can hang on him, in my opinion. But as I mentioned earlier this week, y'all, I, I, I have some concern if he is literally assigned to Brock Bowers. He's one of our leading tacklers on the team. In fact, he may be the leading tackler. So that's going to hurt Alabama against the rush. Correct, Lars? Yeah, absolutely. And... Um Another thing that I think is going to hurt Alabama, and I want to get Laura Lee's opinion on this, was uh, it appears that the Crimson Tide is going to be without starting running back Chase McClellan, who has really been playing well this year. Uh, Laura Lee, how big of an impact is that? And there have been uh, a lot of people, and uh, and Matt Coulter has been uh, leading the charge uh, with his torch and pitchfork uh, heading toward the uh, castle of Alabama. Play Justice Haynes. Play Justice Haynes. Will this be the week that we see Justice Haynes get uh, get some extended time? And by well, the way, I his dad his be. dad went to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be because of. Uh, the health of Chase McClellan, and that's why, you know, I was saying earlier that uh, about the only person that could step up into those shoes would be our quarterback, Mel Rowe, is to, you know, have some Great more point. designed grunts. So if you have limited use, and hopefully we at least have some use of McClellan, and he's not out 100%, I think you're going to need to see Justice Haynes. And he does, he runs a bit differently, and he's done nothing but show good things. He has he has a skill set that, quite honestly, nothing against the three guys in front of him, that he possesses them all, where the three guys in front of him uh, possess many, but not all. And your point about taking, and I don't, I don't, from what I read into what Nick Saban said yesterday, he sounds more than doubtful to me. I don't think McClellan, I, he may not even, he'll dress, but he would only be used in an emergency. Your point, Laura Lee, on given Milroe design plays and he picks up the carries as opposed to Haynes is spot on. I would love to see that because... If, you, if they were all playing tailback, who would be your best tailback? Would it be McClellan? Would it be uh, Milrow? Would it be Roydell Williams, Jam Miller, or Haynes? Milrow. Yeah. Milrow. I told <laughs> y'all back in July, yeah. Milrow is a stud. He will. And he has developed into uh, one of the scariest quarterbacks in the SEC, if not in the country. 
So, and he's just developing and getting better and better and better. And back in his heyday at the University of Alabama as D.C., Lars, what kind of quarterback did Kirby Smart have the most difficulty with when he was in Alabama? Yeah, the same kind of quarterback that Nick Saban, right? Because they're one and the same person. It's it's the quarterback who can run and make plays off script at their legs and uh, do things that you can't necessarily prepare for, and that's exactly what what, what Jalen can do. Okay, on the other side of this break, I have a very important question to ask both of you as Alabama graduates. As Alabama graduates, very important question. We'll get to it on the other side. Can't wait. <laughs> Let me tell you, it doesn't involve Laura Lee when I mention this, but you can't ask me anything about the moon winks. Okay. I, I, I don't even know what moon winks are, to be honest with you. So You don't know? This will be fun. you got to hang on through the break for this one. We are live at Ennis Free, the Friday place to be. Our SEC championship game coverage continues. Brought to you by Taco Casa, chicken salad chick. Hi, Mary Buck 